turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. On this morning, I want to invite your attention to Luke's Gospel, Chapter 2, Luke Chapter 2. When you find it, let us know you're there by saying amen. We begin our reading in verse 8 of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. How amazing it is that God would come live amongst men. But he did because he loved us so much. Amen. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. Word of the Lord reads as follows. There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Would you pray with me for a few moments? Father in heaven, we thank you for this day and for this privileged opportunity to preach the word of God. We do pray, eternal God, that even as the word of God is declared in this place, that if there's any that don't know you, pardon of their sin, that this will be a day that they would come to know you. They would embrace the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that they would invite you into their heart as Savior and Lord. Spirit of the living God, if there are any that have drifted in fellowship, they know you. They've already come into that relationship, but they have not been in fellowship. God, draw them back into fellowship. Cause them to make a commitment today that I will serve the Lord. I will reconnect with God. Renew the broken fellowship. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak a word in this place. That would encourage someone who may be in a very bad place today. Maybe they're hurting. Maybe they're sad. Maybe they're just in need of your joy, your peace. Father, I pray that the preaching of the gospel will provide for them just what they need. Spirit of the living God, here I am, a vessel, an instrument in your hand. Use me, Lord, to accomplish your will. And we will give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Have thine own way in this place, Holy Spirit. 
do what you do best. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. All the people of God said, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As we come to what we celebrate, the birth of Christ, we realize that there is something amazing that has happened. And that is, as the story is told, God has been born a baby. God has wrapped himself up in flesh and come into the world to dwell with men. Quite an amazing story. Of course, somewhere along the way, we've lost all the, the true purpose behind all of that. and We've kind of forgot what it was all about in the process of running and doing and buying and shopping and hiding gifts and all that. We kind of lost what it really was all about. But the real reason behind all of this is because God came to dwell with men. He came to provide men a gift that no one else could give, would give everlasting life, and himself as a precious gift to mankind. It's quite an amazing story, but whenever we are told something that seems to be unrealistic, incomprehensible, surreal, too good to be true, oftentimes our first inclination is to say, I need to see it. We need to see it. Being able to see something helps us in our ability to believe what we just heard. In fact, even as they heard a story that seemed incomprehensible, somehow surreal, unbelievable, that a man by the name of Santa Claus would load up his sleigh and ride from the North Pole all the way around the world and have enough gifts in his magic bag to to give gifts to all the children of the world. Not just any gifts, but the very specific gifts that they asked for when they wrote their letters and mailed them to him. What an amazing story that this big, fat, jolly old guy will come sliding down our chimney Chimneys we don't even have. Sneak into our living rooms and basements and provide gifts to our children. Bicycles and (laughs) PlayStation games and Xboxes and all kinds of games and toys and clothes. And and then he would, in just a quick flash, right back up the chimney and right out the house. Get back on his sleigh with all the reindeer and go to the next house. Only to deliver more gifts. So this incomprehensible and unimaginable story is called children all around the world to stay up late because they want to see this dude for themselves. Yeah, we've seen pictures, we've seen television, we've seen all the fake stuff, but we want to see the real dude sliding down the chimney, bringing the gifts, sliding them under the tree. Even we as adults have been captured by this same phenomena of having to see something for ourselves. When you get a call from your girlfriend and says, girl, you got to get down to this store. They have 70% off of all the designer labels. The first thing you want to say is, send me a picture. See, we didn't got high tech now. But I need to see what they have because I'm not getting in my car, driving all the way down there to Pentagon City 
only to find out that what they have is junk. I need to see it for myself. So we, we want to see a picture, image, take pictures, send me the pictures, images for it. Or for those of you who are very diligent and you just, you got to get the sale, you're going to get in your car, you're going to drive through all the traffic, you're going to deal with all the headaches, all the heartaches, just to get down there so you can see it for yourself. We are enraptured with being able to see something that seems unrealistic, untrue, surreal, unbelievable. In fact, even our news stations have caught hold of this idea, and they realize how important it is for you to see it. And so they have even declared themselves and structured their news programs around what they call eyewitness news. And so what they do is they go out on the street instead of sitting behind a desk and just reporting to you things that have happened. They go out on the street and they have a camera mounted and they follow around people to show you exactly what's happened. They're standing out in the storms while the wind is blowing and the rain is pouring down. They're standing out there while people are shooting on the street and the battle is going on. They're out in the middle of the war and they're showing you eyewitness. See it for yourself so you can believe what we're saying is absolutely true. Quite amazing. But here's a story that seems unrealistic. Here's a story that seems surreal. Here's a story that seems incomprehensible that God, I'm talking about God, the creator of the world, the one who has no beginning and no end, the one who spoke everything into existence, the one who holds everything together. God wrapped himself up in flesh and was born into the world in the form of a baby. In this text that we read on this morning, we find here these shepherds in a field watching the sheep in the midst of the night. And an angel shows up to them, brings a great, awesome, divine proclamation that God has been born this day in the city of Bethlehem. And he is there, the sign that will be given to you, the sign that you know that it is him, Christ the Lord, is that he will be found as a babe Wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Hold on. You just said God is going to be born a baby. Now, this whole concept of this story seems incomprehensible. If God's going to come into the world, he's not coming in as a baby. If the story was told of the angels that God is standing in the temple, he's proclaiming his great glory, he's shining and radiating and declaring that he is present, then that would have been more believable for the shepherds. But this is an unbelievable story. That God has come into the world and he's born as a baby. Not only born as a baby, but he's wrapped in rags. Swaddling is just rags, torn off pieces of rags. God came into the world, born as a baby, wrapped in rags and laying in a feeding trough? Come on. Nah, surely God wouldn't show up that way. If God was going to show up, he would show up with all of his glory. He would be born in the kingdom. He was born, born in the palace. He would have royal rags on. He would be throwing down with some Gucci, Versace. He would be laid out. He wouldn't be born wrapped in rags, laying in a feeding trough. No, he would have had the Oshkosh Bagosh version of a of a, a crib. It has some expensive version of a crib, not laying in a feeding trough of an animal. But this is the sign that he's here. So the, 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 the shepherds say to one another, let us go see 
this thing. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. We've got to see it for ourselves. I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, everyone wants to see Jesus. Everyone wants to see Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah, the King of the world, the one who was born, God in the flesh, everybody wants to see him. We want to see him for a variety of reasons. Some want to see him because we just completely do not believe. Some want to see him because we want something from him. Some want to see him so that we can be witnesses for him. We've got all kinds of reasons why we want to see him. Some want to see him because they're lonely. Some want to see him because they're sad. Some want to see him because no one else can do what they need done and they need to see Jesus so that he can get done. But everybody, at some point in their life, if not most of the days of their life, want to see Jesus. Y'all still here with me? In this book of Luke, as I walk through it and march through it, I want to show you multiple occasions where everybody seems to want to see Jesus. Luke gospel actually presents Jesus as God in the form of man. And so if God's going to show up in the form of man, if God's going to be like man, we want to see him. And so throughout this book of Luke, we keep seeing him showing up, but at the same time, we keep seeing all those people who want to see him. So first and foremost, we begin right here where we started here in Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, verse 15, the shepherds are moved to see him based on the proclamation. So based on proclamation, the shepherds want to see him. Based on this proclamation of an angel who shows up in the middle of the night, in the middle of the wilderness, while they're watching their sheep, this proclamation comes that God has been born in the flesh. Based on that proclamation, the angels of the angel and all of the host of heaven that shows up at this proclamation, because after he declares that God has been born in the flesh, then all the host of heaven shows up and they begin to serenade. They begin to, to, to sing and they begin to, they begin to give praise to God. And they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. All of this proclamation provokes these shepherds to want to see him. And so in this proclamation that resembles Isaiah chapter 9, that unto us a son is born and unto us a child is given. On this proclamation that is given by the angels with all this great glory, these shepherds say, we must go see this thing. We got to go see him. I can't believe it. I got to see it for myself. And this proclamation moves these shepherds to leave their sheep in the middle of the the, 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 sh- the, the fields and, and in the midst of the night and they're going to see Jesus. They're going to leave behind what responsibility they have because they have to go and see Jesus. They're moved to the point that this story seems so unbelievable that I've got to go see it for myself. I wonder how many people here today were moved at some point in your life that you just had to see Jesus for yourself. Yeah, you knew him as mama's God and daddy's God and grandma's God. But at some point in your life, you just wanted to see him for yourself. The shepherds are moved to go and see him. And the the text says that this baby is born. He is Christ the Lord. Now, when we read that as Christians, we say, oh, yeah, Christ the Lord, no big deal. 
No, this, this combination of Christ the Lord together is the only place in Scripture that it happens. But it is such a divine proclamation. It is such clarity to identify that Christ, this baby that is born, is the Messiah. This baby that is born is the anointed one. This baby that is born is God in the flesh. He is the great I am. He is Jehovah God. He is the one who stepped out of nowhere, stood on nothing and spoke everything into the existence. This baby that is born is the self-existing one. Nobody made him. Nobody created him. Nobody shaped him. He just exists. This Christ, the Lord, this baby is Christ the Lord. And there's no doubt in this text. There's no question in the text who he is. And when these shepherds get word of this, they say, we've got to go see him. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I was studying, and my doorbell rang, and it was the Jehovah's Witness. Well, I asked my wife, I said, Who, who's out at the door? Are you expecting you know, another package or something? She said, nope. She said, that's Jehovah's Witness. And I was studying, and I said, um, well, I really don't have time, but something inside of me said Go on, answer the door anyway. Because, you know, I like to have these intellectual conversations, theological conversations with people about who he is. So I opened the door, and there's two ladies at the door. Hi, how you doing? Hey, well, we want to talk about God. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's talk about God. And I said, well, let me... Do you know? Do you know? Do you know about God? Do you know about Jesus? Yeah, yeah. I said I know pretty well. I know I'm pretty good. And I said I'm I'm a I'm a pastor. Oh, you a pastor? Yeah. I, said, I think I know I'm pretty good. So she says to me, um, "Well, we want to talk about you know, we want to talk about Jesus and we talk about the Lord and this and that." I said, "Well, let me just say this: you know this isn't going to go well, don't you?" And she said, what do you mean by that? I said, well, you already know we have a fundamental difference. We're already at odds on one fundamental issue that separates you from me. So in her discussion, she kept trying to find things that were common. And I said, in order for you to deceive, you've got to be common somewhere. And so I said to her, I said, you don't believe that Jesus is God. No, we believe he's the son of God. I said, yeah, but there's no other way for him to describe who he is in the flesh except he described himself as a son. But I said, when we look at scripture in the depth of the theology, when we look at Luke here, chapter 2, and he says... Christ the Lord and we're talking about Jesus who is being born we're talking about the Messiah we're talking about the anointed one we're talking about the ex nihilo God in the flesh and she looked at me with the gazed eyes as if I had come up with something new this has always been in the scripture and she had a young protege with her and I could tell I was I was winning her over And you know what happened after that. Well, we got to go. I'm trying to help us right here. Because we need to know who he is. He is God. 
When we celebrate him coming into the world, when these, when these shepherds heard that, that, that this baby was born, he's Christ the Lord, they understood this is God being born into the world. And so they said, we've got to go see him. And so one of the reasons I even took the time and spent the time at the door is because I knew they needed to see him. So they've been being taught a lie and deception. But I figured if I answer the door, maybe they could see him. So these shepherds, based on proclamation, wanted to see the Lord. Now the result of their going to see him, if you look further down in the text, the result in verse number 17 is that they told everybody that they came in contact with. They couldn't help it. So now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. When you see Jesus, you cannot keep it to yourself. When you realize I have seen God in the flesh, when they realize I've seen him, you won't keep it to yourself. That's the result of seeing him for the shepherds. But as I don't want to stop there because they're not the only ones in the book of Luke who wanted to see him. If you turn over to chapter 2, verse 25, based on promise, Simeon wants to see him. So based on proclamation, the shepherds wanted to see him, but based on promise, Simeon wants to see him. In chapter 2, verse 25, it reads like this, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was a just and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you have are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for, or rather before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and glory and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon waited to see Jesus on a promise. He couldn't wait to see. He he was promised. He had given a promise by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see Christ. Until you see the Messiah. Until you see God in the flesh, you will not die. Now watch this. What Simeon does as a result of the promise that he was given, he lives his whole life as a just and a devout man because he has a promise that he's going to see Jesus. Let me help you right here. If you've got a promise that you're going to see Jesus, but God has not told you when, but he's told you it's going to happen before you die, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that it might cause you to live a little differently. Y'all still here with me? So in other words, if you don't know when Jesus is going to show up, but he already told you, you're going to get a chance to see him. And, and what it's going to cause you to do is you're going to start living a certain way, a just way, a righteous way, a devout way, so that when he comes and when he shows up, he doesn't catch you living the wrong way. Y'all still here with me? Now, if I can nail this home for the Christian, if you believed that Christ is coming again, It would change the way you live from day to day too. So in other words, if I don't know when I'm going to see him, if I don't know when I'm going to have to meet him face to face, then I should be living each day like it might be today. 
I should be living every moment like it might happen right now. In fact, if I told you tonight around 7 o'clock, Christ is going to show up and you're going to have to meet him face to face, I would suggest that you would probably start living differently between now and 7 o'clock. You might be a little friendlier. You might not cuss as much between now and then. Y'all getting quiet on me. You might live your life a little differently. This man lived his whole life as a devout and a just man because he had a promise that he would see Jesus. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in Kingdom Building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.